Shabuya. Shabuya. Roll call. My name is Lex. And I'm the best. Yeah. I don't make fuss. Yeah. Get on the bus. Yeah. Roll call. Let's roll the music. Let's get started. Hey, I'm Lex. Hey, y'all. I'm Sid. And this is the new Chitlin' Circuit. We review indie, low-budget, and direct-to-TV black films. What we watched this week, Sid? This week, we got into a... This is a real indie movie. Like, this is indie for real, for real. We... Mm. I, I think it's also pretty, uh, like, on par with the times. So we tried to, you know, feel like we in the know. We read the room. We got it. We, we uh, read the room. <laughs> we read the room. But anyway, so we tuned in to Get on the Bus, uh, currently streaming on Netflix as part of their just Strong Black Lead Month and just general black curation series, uh, directed by D. Spike Lee. This is our second Spike Lee film we are going to review. And then written by Reggie Rock Bythewood, who I knew uh, just as the husband of Gina Prince Bythewood, Director extraordinaire, you know, love and basketball, <laughs> beyond the lights. Uh, she's she's done a lot. She has a new film coming out too in July on Netflix, so we might check that out. Oh, nice. We'll put that on the Twitter. I didn't know she had a new one coming out. Yeah, girl. You know, I'll be in the know. Yeah, you do be. Um, I was about to say, yeah, this is our second Spike Lee movie, and this is mm-hmm. Sydney's pick. So, like, yeah. I'm real excited because I thought <laughs> I would have to like. Like pull teeth to get you do get you to do another Spike Lee joint after she hate me. <laughs> yeah, I like Spike Lee joints. You know, um, she hate me was wild as mm-hmm. hell, but I'm open to doing some unknown Spike Lee joints that don't get a lot of attention. So I was glad that this one was on Netflix and we could watch it easily. Nice. All right. So I guess there'll be no pushback when like I, I asked to like review clockers or something like that. <laughs> well, see, I can't determine the pushback. That's, you gotta catch me on that day. I can't really, you know, I can't plan out that far. <laughs> so political. I can't, I can't determine the pushback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been watching too much news. It's all. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm excited to review this one. Um, I had been meaning to watch it for a while. And then when Netflix put it on, I was super excited. Um, yeah. Uh, like any other Spike Lee movie, a bunch of heavy hitters, actors um, mm-hmm. on the cast, you know? Stacked. Um, of course, you know? Like any other Spike Lee joint, Ossie Davis um, is in this movie. A fave. He mm-hmm. was like the, the sunshine of this movie. I think I just always light up when I see Ossie Davis on the screen. Very much. Uh, Bernie Mac was it? I didn't realize Bernie Mac was going to be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Until he came on the screen. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Washington. I have, I, what a man of the 90s Isaiah Washington was. What a man. So much range. Yeah. The, like, uh, what a, he, he just really, um, like when I think of 90s men, outside of Lorenz Tate and like mm-hmm. Morris Chestnut, Isaiah Washington yep. is really that guy. It's, it's a shame. Diggs. And Tay Diggs, of course. I actually associate him more with the early 2000s. You know, I could see that. Because that's kind of when he really, really popped off on, like, yeah. the black film scene. This ain't no picnic, like- bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> that might be a deep cut. <laughs> that might be a deep cut. I don't think so. Malibu's the most wanted. Mine. 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 Mm-hmm. 
that is like even deeper cut though. I feel like MTV played the hell out of Malibu's Most Wanted, in which K Diggs delivers a line titled <laughs> name. This ain't Click no clack picnic, with bitch. the Glocks. <laughs> <laughs> but in Brown Sugar, he he delivers well no, the co stars in that movie. Uh-huh. Ren and Ten, the hip hop Dalmatians. The rap Dalmatians, you can't miss it. You can't. The whole is that mine, is who classic hip hop joint. It's per and the this brings it right back around. Wendell Pierce said these words yeah, in oh. Brown Sugar about Ren and Ten, the rap Dalmatians. He goes, You heard of Michael Jackson? The girl is mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> New age. The whole is mine. Wendell Pierce plays an equally as outrageous character in this movie, Get on the Bus, outrageous. as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy from Love and Basketball, who was written, which was written by the wife of the guy who wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. The guy from that movie with the cleft chin who played Monica's dad. What's his name? <laughs> his name is, I have the IMDb up, Richard Belzar. Ah, Wait, nope, wrong guy. They he nope. just light skinned too. Sorry, his name is Harry Lennox. I know I'm Harry Lennox. Yep, Harry that's, Lennox. there it is. Yeah, yeah, he played um, Randall. Mm-hmm. He was Isaiah Washington's boyfriend in this movie. Mm-hmm. Spicy. I, you know I'm gonna get into it because this is also in the vein of this. Also, just comes on the coattail kind of of she hate me because it, right. it you know includes some gay niggas and i always mm-hmm. got opinions on the gay representation but we'll get to that right and then we also because you know there's there's always a tie back to cw's the game so mm-hmm. i have to mention hill harper mm-hmm. uh he's also in this movie and in the game we know him as hill harper janae derwin's baby mama's ex-boyfriend Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's my connection to Hill Harper. And he's like playing Reggie's, I guess, persona in this movie because it's kind of based off of his story. Ah, yeah. yeah. Like, the thing that I had to say about Hill Harper in this movie is he was so hot. <laughs> so hot, right? <laughs> like back then. And like, it's, it's a weird thing. The smart black men of that time, like late 90s into the early mm-hmm. 2000s, some of them just never really updated and refreshed and kept like kept it fresh and kept like yeah. their thoughts to, you know keep generating new thoughts and learning new things. Hill mm-hmm. Harper's whole kind of thing is still stuck in that time, highlighted yes, by is. his actions a few weeks ago. Ugh, yeah, ignorant, mm-hmm. ignorant, wherein he misgendered <laughs> the fabulous Zaya Wade. Fabulous. You know? Which makes it a little hard to look at him now. But, like, back then, you know, yeah. he was a cutting-edge, high-end brother. <laughs> he was, quote-unquote, he was woke. He was he was keeping the brothers in check back in the day. And now he needs to be checked. Yeah. Which is all good, you know. Full circle. You know, full circle, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that is only a part of the cast. But as we talk about it, you know, more people will come up. I want right. to hear, like, your your thoughts on the movie, Sid, like your general thoughts. Yeah, actually, first, I think, because we got to keep going with our, before we get into, like, thoughts, yeah. our 60-second challenge. Are you willing Ooh. to go forth and give us a synopsis in 60 seconds or less? I think I can. Think you got it? Yeah. This is easy. Right. This is low-hanging fruit right here. This is easy. That's true. That's true. It's. I mean, it's pretty much in the description of the movie, but... <laughs> Well, 
Yeah. Well, still, we'll give you a shot. All right. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready right now. Let's do it. All right. Start. All right. So, Ossie Davis and Bernie Mac and mm-hmm. Isaiah Washington and his boyfriend yes. <laughs> and a bunch of other men get on a uh-huh. bus to drive from L.A. to D.C. Yes. to go to the Million Man March, wherein they, at, at some points of the ride, mm-hmm. have a white bus driver who consistently says Farrakhan instead of Farrakhan. Yes. <laughs> the bus breaks down multiple times and stuff. They meet new characters and, and mm-hmm. you know, deal, grapple with the reality of black manhood on this long-ass bus ride. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. That was... Great, under 60 seconds, and bravo, bravo. Did I pass? You passed. You got nice. it. Nice. You got it. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of it, Sid? You know what? I'm not going to lie. Um, after first watching the trailer and then finding out what the movie was about and then realizing that there weren't any black woman in this movie. Mm. I mean, except later on, we have a quick appearance by Paula J. Parker, um, who we love. Uh, I, d- I didn't think I would enjoy it very much. I said, all right, here you go. This is a nigga movie, and uh, that's what we about to see, and it's about to be a bunch of stuff that I don't agree with, and they all are going to be talking about the Honorable Louis Farrakhan and all this other stuff that I just... Eh, could do without mm-hmm. and you know what i was happily surprised to be wrong for the most part mm-hmm. i think um but i also would say like as always for most of my like critique and things that just bring me back into a movie to like to liking it is just the cast in general and the acting so i think the cast is what made me like the movie first um and then there are a few like moments that I like highlighted in my notes that really took me over the edge for enjoying it overall. And we can get into those, but what are your what were your initial thoughts? You know, man, I had similar thoughts. I never I didn't watch the trailer. I I like to go in the movies pretty blind, like mm-hmm. not well, pretty unknowing. Um and the I still was pretty unsatisfied with those aspects of it, like the Yeah. Any part of it that is attempting to address the exclusion of non cishet black men, most mm-hmm. of it was still pretty. Like, I mean, maybe it was good for the time, but yeah. that was un- unsatisfying for me. But I still enjoyed the movie. Here's the thing. I was watching it and I saw some like, you know, like Spike Lee directed it. So, you 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 know. Five minutes into it. Well, we're a about movie. to get into it. Yeah. Yes. You know who directed this film. And mm-hmm. I love his directing so much that, like, I, <laughs> I am always, it's always a pleasure to watch it. There were some things yeah. that bothered me, like, in terms of production, like the the camera moving with the bumps of the bus. Like, I would have really? appreciated a more stable camera sometimes. It made me a little dizzy. I thought it was, I was done. Drunk, though. Okay. That's true. I thought that, like, some of. Some of those things were done intentionally because we see like Hill Harper's character who's supposed to be like this film college student and he's filming the entire trip. But I thought Mm. it's kind of like Spike Lee trying to direct and film the movie like in that same gaze. So it's Mm. like, you know, when you're on a bus with your little camcorder, when you go over a speed bump, the camera go up and down with you. So it's like and even sometimes they would flip in and out of like the traditional like camera shot and then go into like whatever Hill Harper is recording. So I thought Mm. that was kind of intentional. 
Was yeah, the, you know, the that camera is also why I enjoy it and, so much. Yeah. Like, no matter what weird shit you see in a Spike Lee movie, you know he put it there. <laughs> it, it was thought out. He thought. Yeah, about there are it. no accidents in a Spike Lee <laughs> yeah. movie, and I, that's what I like. Um, I want to get into, you know, I want to get into these moments that you were talking about before. Like, yeah. what are the things that stuck out the most for you? All right, let's. I'm gonna start with uh, the funniest scene in this movie. At least I thought it was the funniest scene, and I think you know where I'm going. I feel like mm-hmm. you do. Uh, I like to call this scene. It's starring Wendell Pierce um, when he gets on the bus, and I want to <laughs> refer to it like you know when you have a DVD and you want to skip to your favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. If we had the package for this, this would be called the nigga monologues. <laughs> I- <laughs> That scene is my favorite in this movie. So uh, they stop in Memphis to like for dinner at a rest stop or whatever. And uh, while there, they pick up Wendell Pierce's character, who's like this big shot car dealer and is trying to make his way uh, to D.C. with the rest of the guys. Mm -hmm. But what we don't know. He's as big shot as a car dealer in Memphis can be. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) He is. I mean, he's he's what's pushing around in the le- Alexis. He's smoking a cigar, like a huge cigar. He he's all he looks like Mr. Monopoly, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he gets on the bus, um, and he goes into this whole spiel on how the rest of the men they they're going to do whatever to to solve. I guess the plight of the black man. I don't really know what what they were trying to solve with the Million Man March. I still don't really get it. Uh, maybe I should read up on it, but probably there's not much to read on it. Um, but anyway, not the point. So he'll, Wendell Pierce goes into this whole thing. He's a black Republican. He don't know what you niggas is on the bus for. I know what I'm here for. Money and cars. If it's one thing you want to do with a bunch of niggas around, sell them some cars. That's mm-hmm. what he's going to the march for. My favorite line of his in this movie is, and not, I'm not like the rest of you niggas that went to these black schools. No, no. Yeah. I, went to, I went to Vanderbilt. I didn't learn how to just sing and stroll or sell fish plates for textbooks. <laughs> First off, ain't nothing wrong with selling fish plates for textbooks. <laughs> well, well, that was that. Um, so that was hilarious. And Wendell Pierce, the range, we have to talk about his mm-hmm. range. I mean, I just finished watching The Wire. Well, rewatching yeah. The Wire like a few weeks ago and seeing him as Bunk in that. And like, legend. I we need to give Wendell him Pierce. his flowers. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed him a lot in The Wire. I like this character in Waiting to Excel. I relate to his character in Waiting to <laughs> Excel. <laughs> you know what? He did just want to give Sis, you know, a stable life. He just provided mm-hmm. the income. He just wanted a couple kids, you know, yeah. white picket fence. Mm-hmm. And that was it. He wasn't asking for much. You're right. I like His it. character, yeah. <laughs> also, you yeah. know, one day we will talk about, you know, maybe we'll give an on second watch to wait until Excel. Because, I mean, if we want to talk about the merits of filmmaking. I, I mean, we should. Opinions. It's not. I, I, would, I would love to do that. That's one of my favorite black films. So Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but before we get too deep into that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's keep going, right? Uh, get back I on agree. track. I liked yeah. Wendell Pierce's, like, character. But the thing about the movie is... Like, while it was enjoyable to watch, it didn't mm-hmm. really nail down much of any of its arguments. Like, yeah. in my opinion, you know, like, I feel that we I wasn't really connected to most of the characters. I think the movie did a better job of, like, making caricatures than mm-hmm. 
characters like there was the muslim brother and the right. black republican and right. like you know um and then the old head you know mm-hmm. so maybe most that was intentional them, too it, it definitely needs to be if you're gonna put a bunch of characters in a box or in this case a moving bus and just uh-huh. have them because when you think about it we can't see their lives the only thing we can learn about the characters is through dialogue right you know so it's limited but like if you do that you kind of have to establish really firmly what each character wants so that we understand mm-hmm. everybody's perspective but i never really got that super clearly like i feel like you know wendell pierce's character like the cigar smoking mr Krabs type of guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was funny and like that's def it's just all the characters just serve to have conversation but the conversations yeah. didn't like hit in the pocket for me. Like, you know, this may, I may get uh, some blowback for this analogy, but <laughs> on Blackish. <laughs> okay. Not every episode of Blackish, some episodes of Blackish, the conversation uh-huh. that they're having about something is the, all the characters are so well defined that when they speak yep. up their perspective in the discussion, it makes sense for that person to be saying that. And it balances mm-hmm. out the conversation just like a like a scale. You remember the conversation when um, Rainbow didn't change her last name from Johnson to Johnson? From, to, yes. <laughs> yeah, and all the, the girls, you know, Diane and Ruby and Zoe and, and Rainbow were just talking and they all had different perspectives and it was like, it was well-balanced and just well-timed. I didn't really mm-hmm. get that from any of the conversations in this movie because all of the voices of the characters were kind of interchangeable. That's true. And it was very, I'd say it was random, right? So it's just mm-hmm. like, so you have all these, so like you have like the Muslim guy, then you have like the black cop who's half white and has yeah, like what was daddy, that about? Is, is daddy <laughs> issues. We didn't realize uh, he was a cop until halfway, like no, more than halfway through the movie, but he got dropped off in like a convertible. So I thought he was an right. actor or something. I thought like a lawyer or something, right? Then you yeah. have like the arrogant, like, asshole actor who's on the bus and, mm-hmm. but none of them have any like commonalities except they're all black men that yeah. was it and i'm see i wasn't sure like the arrogant asshole the actor right uh-huh who is played by the same actor who plays uh detective holt on brooklyn 99 yeah who is a gay detective on that show it's so weird to see him be oh, macho that's crazy. in this movie yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um the asshole character what was he there for what was he trying to get out of this why did he go? No idea. But they also never, no one ever made it a point to thoroughly explain, like, what the point of the Million Man March was for real. Mm-hmm. And then, like, why black women were excluded from it. Mm-hmm. And, like, why they're actually really going. Are you just to go to say you were part of this historic or this thing that's supposed to be historic? Just to say mm-hmm. you were there? But, like, I mean, like, what happened after the Million Man March? I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying the movie doesn't really nail it down because they bring up the yeah. black woman question twice. Twice. The and never answer scene, it. And the middle scene with Paula J. Parker, they bring it up where yeah. a black woman says, why we can't come? You can't, You think right. you can solve black people's problems by yourselves? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but you, they never really, they just say it's not about exclusion. But that doesn't. You're not really getting to the center. And you know, it's crazy too. It's like, cause Hill Harper's character, like for his whole documentary, he's asking all the guys on the bus, bus, why are you going? And none Mm -hmm. of them really say why they just kind of like skirt around the question. Yes. Except Ozzy Davis. Cause he missed, uh, the March on Washington. So Mm -hmm. he like has an actual purpose. 
got yeah, yeah, and he's had this whole life that his character arc made sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was like the actor like reading the script and saying that's that wouldn't make sense. I that wouldn't make sense. Probably. <laughs> Auntie know? Davis has lived a lot of life and he was an actual yeah. activist. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's And an actor. Well. Like he's actor. You know, he was a very established actor, you know? Shout out to him and my girl Ruby D. Like I know them. Um yeah. shout out to y'all. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's all our grandparents right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So that's what it made some of the scenes drag on and some of the conversations felt a little like forced and Mm -hmm. unsatisfying for the most part. Like that's really my problem. It was unsatisfying because I'm, because I don't know what the characters want. I can't be sure if they got it or didn't. Right. That's true. And we never, we, yeah, there's a tragedy in the middle of the movie and we still never really like understand like what do each of these men get out of this experience? It's not really understood and it kind of does leave you feeling empty afterwards mm-hmm. like after i watched mm-hmm. it i was like okay well i guess it's over so what am i watching next so that's a yeah. good point you yeah. know i i have several notes on this <laughs> you know <laughs> the, at the end because the, the thing is they they followed some of the like correct things to do like having mm-hmm. the hill harper character ask every character what do you want out of this like that was right. a perfect device a perfect device but it just didn't follow through. And at the end, to make the audience feel satisfied, they had the bus driver give a speech, you know? Mm -hmm. But the speech is like, honestly, many black men still have the same talking points to this day about, you know, needing to man up and do better for our women and children. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, here's the irony. Like, the black men feel black men feel equipped they feel uh-huh. solely equipped to solve black people's problems like gun violence and drugs is what he named stuff like that right but they don't really realize that like it can only be solved all these problems can only be solved if you relinquish patriarchy <laughs> hello you can't do, <laughs> you can't like gun violence, that violence in our whole society, regardless of race, is really male. Like yes, it is. Same for the people in the back. <laughs> am I? Am I spitting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this nigga spitting, Your Honor. Yeah, it's just they don't get it. Like the fact that they kept centering women and children. Like they throw in the gay characters. I'm ready to talk about gay shit now. Let's do it. They throw in the gay characters, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, it's supposed to be like, you know, one of the dudes is like, why we got fags on the bus? And then another one, yeah. Hill Harper, is like, why does it matter? It doesn't matter. They're black men. And then I say exactly. Washington, the gay man is kind of like trying to explain, you know, to these to people outside our community, they do not care if I'm like, I'm black and gay. Like, I'm a nigga and a faggot to them. Like, I'm right. not either or, so I can't really choose. Which was, eh, it was... Eh. Like the Isaiah Washington did not deliver on being a gay man in this movie. Uh huh. <laughs> and well, I guess then there's a point then like, well, that's just an, an issue in general of like casting people who are actually like relate to that character in general. So that's just another just like issue in Hollywood. But like Spike mm-hmm. Lee, you know, just a little feedback for your brother. You know, we appreciate you. But maybe yeah. next time, think about actually casting gay people in roles <laughs> yeah. for. Gays, yeah. Because a gay person would have, like, delivered that and felt that, you know? Right. Um, 
but the like you throw in the gay character but in the end you're still centering the heteronuclear family unit as the center of yes. the black community and it was so all if about you say their... we gotta be better for our wives but you got gay people on the bus think right. about it <laughs> but even still with the gay characters it was all centered around like their masculinity so it's mm-hmm. like Isaiah Washington's character he made it a point to say and I served in you know whatever war mm. that he was talking about I served in the war I've been shot and I'm more of a man than probably any of you on this bus, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. So it's like, and then he got into a fight. So it's, it's mm-hmm. all surrounding that form of his quote unquote manhood mm-hmm. and like nothing else. That, what does that have to do with you for real? Like we, yeah. Yeah. The thing is so. on the bus, I'm not, I'm not sure what problem these men are trying to solve because the, no one on the bus, let me, I'll think about it, but no one on the bus really reckons with like toxic masculinity like mm-hmm. it would be what would have been useful is if one of the men on the bus would have admitted to abusing their wife or something like that. Yeah. Like being able to think about how you inflict harm on, as they kept referring to the sisters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you hate know, it. It's a different time. Um, our Queens. <laughs> our Queens. Ugh. Don't get me started on Queens. <laughs> I know J. Cole really put his foot in his mouth and it's at the perfect time we did this movie because it's it relates so much. It <laughs> like, is a sore ugh. spot for me. This week, the, the word queen is making me like break out in hives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so th- that's the thing. That's why all those things together make the movie a bit shallow for what I know it was trying to like do, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, I don't know. I feel I I do agree with your point that uh, it did come off as like shallow, but maybe like Spike was just trying to reach you know the brothers the brothers who are low hanging fruit. Like this mm-hmm. is for y'all, just something for y'all to quickly for for those the men that don't read like J Cole. Uh, this is for y'all. <laughs> Pick mm-hmm. it up, watch it. This 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 is what black men are talking about and trying to solve for our community. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> so. just a quick note. Um, if there are any black men who don't like to read, um, here, listen to the pod. Thanks for tuning yeah. in to the voices of black women for this hour. But also Angela Davis, all of her speeches on Spotify. Give it a on listen. Spotify. <laughs> Available. You don't have to read a word, my brother, my king. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> my king. <laughs> but also okay. don't forget donations. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Gifts, gifts, <laughs> gifts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, brother Jerome, for the twenty dollars. I know you barely had it. Next time, make it forty. <laughs> Next time, make it forty. We appreciate it, brother. We appreciate it. <laughs> Look, I one thing I did like. This is something I like in every Spike Lee movie: the integration of music and how important it is to yes, black people. Yes, that's one of my bullet points. Love that. Yes. Let's talk about something I like instead of me busting down this Let's story do structure of saying this is not. <laughs> Let's do it. And I think because I feel like you've talked about it before, or maybe I like was listening to another podcast, but like Spike Lee is clearly this like I don't know musical guy. Like I think Spike Lee could write a bomb musical. I didn't like mm-hmm. Chirac, which is kind of a musical, but I think if given the chance, he could write a really great musical. Chirac was a literal musical. Like the, I, technically it is, but I don't like it. I like that. I rewatch it sometimes for fun. I like that. Mm, maybe it's Nick Cannon. I think that's what it is. Because I love Tiana <laughs> Paris. Maybe it's of Nick Cannon. Of course. What's she been in lately? I miss her. What's Tiana been in? 
She was in If Bill Street Could Talk. That was what, two years ago oh, yeah. now? Last year? Was well, that was there? a good one. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's I something else her. recently, but I, I can't it's not, can't think about it right now. Yeah. I like her. Uh, yeah. The music was great. They open up uh, listening to a James Brown song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Black men love James Brown, as do I. They do. <laughs> I mean, which is kind of crazy because we all know James Brown was putting his hands on his wife. Yeah, he he so, was. That wasn't no he, good. He, he was he kind was of a wild that. card. Yeah, you know. But, you know, say it loud. I am black and I'm proud. Get up. <laughs> Get on up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was great. The There's a scene where Ossie Davis whips out an African drum. Yes. <laughs> and, like, it's showing him, like, like the like the talking drums type of thing, which I only mm-hmm. know from reading all things uh, fall apart. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say shout out to this one guy. He always be on the three train. Uh, well, back when we could ride the train, uh, mm-hmm. like every day after my commute, so around like six thirty p.m., he'd be on the train up until one sixteenth. That was his stop, and he'd play the drums and give us the story of blackness. I kind of miss him. He used to get on my nerves, that. but now I miss him. DC be so cultureless sometimes that like. When I be riding the train, there's so many white people just sitting there. Like, it, nothing as exciting as when I'm on the train in New York. Nothing. Maybe I should just take the train a little further south. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, That's probably I, it. I, that was some introspection from that. DC got yeah, plenty of yeah. culture. I just don't be around it. Yeah. G- get down there. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> here's a fun <laughs> fact. This is what I wrote when I saw him, like, teaching him about, like, the, there's a, like deeper sound in the center of the drum and a shallower sound on the outside. It uh-huh. stuck up a memory. I actually was taught like how to do like how to play an African drum in elementary school. Really? Was that yeah. when we was in the band with Mr. Fowler? No. No. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you no. Why you had to say it like that? Because <laughs> there was nothing that soulful going on at Browns Mill Elementary. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> no. We tried. Put a little funk on hot cross buns. We tried. Oh, please. I, no, this was, I went to, when I was at Avondale, very like hashtag multicultural school, my uh-huh. after school program, they just brought in a bunch of African drums. These folks was wearing linen pants. They taught us how to uh, play it. And I remember. That sounds fun. It was fun. <laughs> but also shout out to one of our other favorite uh, black movies. It's all black art is connected. It's connected. It's crazy. I see Davis tells them, make love to the drum. Yeah. Drum line. Drum line. Drum line. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing, you know, I will give Nick Cannon credit for. That was mm-hmm. a good scene. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that movie and maybe Guess Who is about the only things that keep, the only strings that attach Zoe Zaldana to us. <laughs> to blackness. Well, us no, from, oh, like, cussing her let's out. not forget her, her. Pride and Glory, the Nina Simone biopic she did. Sydney, if Sydney, we Let's get on, not forget. we record this podcast every week, and if you're going to play games, <laughs> <laughs> why would you bring up that terrible I'm just, movie? I'm just saying that was related to her blackness. She got she got a little tan for it. <laughs> You know, she, <laughs> no, we're that's the last time I'm that's the last time I will respond to any comment <laughs> about that movie. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. We should review it. Here's what's funny here's what's funny the shade, the tea. Please, let's check. Hulu also has a black stories tab. 
Mm-hmm. They do not list it there. They don't. Oh, <laughs> they I didn't don't. realize that. Because that's the only place the movie is. Is on Hulu. They don't list Dang. it there. <laughs> uh, well, at least they know. Shoot, the curation know. is there. So I, it's probably a black woman running the curation behind that too. So shout out I to her. I hope so. I hope so, Alicia. Oh, I forgot one. Even though this is not a black story, for uh-huh. niggas love Colombiana. So <laughs> that movie also makes her cool to us. That's Why true. do we like that movie so much? <laughs> I mean, because it was kind of like um, Salt. That's that movie, right? The little. Oh, yeah. It was like a lot that. of spy woman movies at a that time. A lot of spy woman. Yeah. So we we was all on that kind of train. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Zoe Zadon, when she wants to be a black woman, she is. Was she, was she not Afro-Latina in Colombiana? No? Sydney. And this message is really more for her than it is for you. She's Afro-Latina every, every day. day. I know. <laughs> she don't I know, know every it. Day. But, you know, in the movie, she got to act it. Cause, you know, and guess who? She was full-on black. You know, yeah. so that was different. That's and Colombiana, she got to, you know, maybe play her actual roots. And then, you know, and, and Drumline, I think she was full-on black in that, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So... I, I don't even know how mm. I got to talking about Zoe. This is just all so connected. Yes. Because <laughs> make love to the drum. That's how we got there. Make That's love to the there. drums. Uh, also, this is about black movies as well. I thought she did okay in For Color Girls. I rewatched that the other day. I would actually like to discuss that again at one point <laughs> with you we should- and with y'all. <laughs> I'm going to say we're going to do another Tyler Perry. I'm going to say I read it alongside the book. Like I have... For Colored Girls, the book, and like read the poetry because okay. I love the poems. Yeah. See, you're it's actually, not actually cultured. That bad. My, uh, my introduction to, actually, no. I remember when it was a play, but I didn't know that they were poems before the play. So I was like, oh, okay, so Tyler Perry just turned another play into a movie. Um, but yeah, my actual like first knowledge of hearing the poems was via Loretta Divine reciting them in Four Color Girls, which I thought, you know, mm-hmm. Somebody she should recite more poems. With all of my, all of my <laughs> all stuff. Of my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I did a whole, like, paper on Into Saki Shange in college. Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah. You are an active degree, girl. Culture. I'm just yeah. kidding. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. This is how I want to end off my thoughts here. Uh-huh. Because it's going to be also a good segue into our on second watch this week as well. Um, yes. So this is how I want to end it off. Like I said, this is peak black male art here. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem I have with it, while I did enjoy it, because anytime there's a screen full of black people, most times I'm going to enjoy it. I thought it was very playful and I thought it it took a break from trauma. Like it didn't need Mm -hmm. to like do trauma in order for like, cause it very well could have been like a bad police pullover or something on like, you know, it didn't do that. They teased that a little bit and it didn't cause my heart couldn't take that today. So I I was glad it didn't go that far, but I agree. It could have gone way left and then it just would have been something different. So yeah. yeah. It took a break from that and it just highlighted like the beautiful, like the beauty and diversity of black people, you know? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though. All men have to do with art, when they want to make a statement, all men have to do in order to get patted on the back for it is simply bring up 
the topic. They don't have to finish the <laughs> statement. All they have to do is bring it up. And then people say, right. wow, look at him. He touched on all of these topics, such as racism, because he said racism. <laughs> this, because he said this. He touched yeah. on feminism because they brought up the woman. Yeah, because they brought it up. And it's like yeah. like the same way black women, black men get like, not just black men, this is men in general when they make art. All you have to do is, is I've talked about this a thousand times with you and Chelsea. All they have mm-hmm. to do is shout simply. Shout out Chelsea Argusis. Shout out. Like our, one of our smartest friends. Half of my opinions I wouldn't even have had I not black, Chelsea. read and <laughs> talked with Chelsea. But watch out for her. She is coming for y'all. Yes. <laughs> but And authoress. <laughs> and authoress. <laughs> um, to get credit for symbolism, all they have to do is call a symbol, like bring up, show a symbol, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they don't have to really bring it all back around. That's right. That's not symbolism. You just use the symbol, you know? And that's just peak male art. <laughs> you know, they just kind of started all these conversations and never nailed them down. Didn't really bring it all. Like, I, it didn't close the circle. I was unsatisfied when I finished the movie. <sighs> and I will say on that same point, one thing we didn't mention, um, these two actors. So we have DeAndre Bonds playing Junior, also known as Schmoove. Mm-hmm. And um, his father, uh, Evan Sr., is, this guy's name is Thomas Jefferson Bird. So the what entire movie... Uh, Evan Jr. is literally shackled to his father as a part of a court order for um, he stole some money from a grocery store and instead of doing jail time, he has to be under like 24-hour surveillance by his father for the next like three days, shackled Mm -hmm. to him, and then has to complete some community service. That, I mean, it was brought up a few times of why that's just wrong, like don't shackle nobody to nobody else. That's just not a good look in general. Like, why would you do that? But they're... I will say for one thing that was f- completed in the movie, they did try and get their relationship like in, in order. And we saw, yeah. we got some actual background and context on why they have this tension between each other. And then, you know, towards the end, they kind of resolve some things, but they have a lot of work to yeah. do. So I'll give, Those characters you know, did grow closer throughout the journey. For, but the thing yeah. is, didn't need the chain for that. In, like in my head, in yeah. order to complete the chain thing, because, like, it calls upon the thoughts of slavery and of, like, mm-hmm. how black parents tend to inflict the same, like, control and policing that, like, black people experience in the world on the inside their right. home in t- on their children. And mm-hmm. it would have been, like, developmental for the men to have that conversation and understand that, like, you don't have to be a warden to your son. That's not how right. you raise your son. And then release the chain. Like, that would have came... Like, cause after that conversation, cause, cause he took the chains off before that conversation, but I, it just didn't come all the way around. Yeah. I mean, the the only real convo about it was with the bus driver, uh, the black bus driver. And he was like, come on, man, you can't mm-hmm. roll into DC with your boy in shackles. That ain't yeah. right. We going to see Louis Farrakhan. And then it just kind of, you know, next conversation. Yeah. I would have appreciated it. This honestly this type of movie, it was a really good idea. And, like... It was a great... I mean, it's based on a real... So, like, it's based off of Reggie Bythewood's experience of traveling to the Million Man March on a bus with a bunch of black men from L.A. So, it's, like, based mm-hmm. on truth and him just retelling the story. So, it like, you know, maybe you left some stuff out or maybe the experience really was just this shallow. That's what I'm saying. You need some movie magic. 
Yeah, yeah, it just didn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to sit two hours with these characters, I need I need to feel it, you know? Yeah, and it was very long. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sid, you know what, you cool. know what I got to ask you? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Who came to act? You know what? And this one, I kind of had, like, I guess a preconceived idea prior to even watching, just looking at the cast. And I think it's still delivered. I would like to nominate uh, the great-grandfather of Black Hollywood, Ozzie Davis, for this week's Who Came to Act Award. No contest. No, no, there's nothing anyone can say to disprove that. He came to act in this movie. He came to act. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've already mentioned it. His character had the the best character arc in the entire movie and probably based off of his own experiences of mm-hmm. being like the older black man on the set and having greater life knowledge. Um, I mean, Ozzie Davis, he's just a, a ray of sunshine. I smiled yeah. whenever I saw him on the screen. He's just so nice. Just like grandfatherly and like advice and mm-hmm. he'll take you out in the backyard and show you how to dig a hole or something. I don't know. Just and they like, all called him pop. It was nice. All called him pops. Yeah, it was great. So Ozzy, you got it. I think Ozzy passed away some time ago, but you yeah. know, yeah, we still, we give you the award for this movie. That's wonderful. You know, I, I cannot think of anyone else who, who nailed it as good as he did in this movie. So I fully accept, excitedly accept that nomination. <laughs> All right. You, uh, you ready for the next segment, Sid? Let's get into it. I'm excited about it because I All have right. some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After the break, we're coming back with On Second Watch. <laughs> on Second Watch. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be taking another look at Sorry to Bother You. Yes. Directed mm-hmm. by Boots Riley. Not Bootsy Collins. That mm-hmm. is a lesson I learned this week. <laughs> Very different men. Very different. <laughs> All right. Y'all stay after the break. All right. We are back with On Second Watch. And this week watch. we are covering Sorry to Bother You. Uh, this one is not as old as usually we do for On Second Watch. But this one came out a little more recently in like 20... Was that 17, 2017 this came out? 20. Yep, 2017. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Actually, and let me double check. I got the tab up. Sorry. Oh, 2018, yeah, actually. It's two 2018? Years. Yeah. Damn. I mean, how would I know? 2020 has been three years long. So. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> how would I know? Thanks, Sid. We've been in this. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, 2018. And a lot of buzz. A lot. Like, it was very um well received by audiences i feel um Mm -hmm. and i liked it initially when i saw it i think i still like it but we'll get to that this is a high satire um following lead character cassius who works at a call center who goes on a wild journey uh a wild like hyperbolic journey in this like world where capitalism has gotten honestly not too far away from (laughs) What we have now, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Allegedly, I gotta, I gotta put that in there. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, See, bruh, I'm telling you, you got one more time to say his name, bro. He's coming <laughs> for you, and you know what I'm gonna say? I don't even know that girl. He goes in as a cease and desist. <laughs> he is. Look, Sid. How did you feel when you first saw this movie? 
And how do you mm -hmm. feel now on, on second watch? Yeah, all right, so I'm not even gonna lie to you. First time watching this movie, I never finished it. I fell asleep. So, um, <laughs> so my own second watch is a lot more complete. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. so wait, did you fall asleep out of tiredness? Because 2018 is the year we graduated school. Were you like studying and tired or? Like, yeah, what, I, or did you not I feel like, like no, 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 I feel like what it was, I had every intention to go into the movie because senior year was, it was long. It was a lot. Um, and from what I remember, yeah. like the last oh, wait, thing did you see I, it in theaters? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And, and actually I fallen asleep trying to finish this movie twice. The second time I tried to watch it is because I actually, you know, I had been drinking a little wine and I was tired and I was like on my second movie. So that was like, you know, my fault. But the first time I saw it, I forgot why I fell asleep. But like the last thing I remember was when uh, Cassius, Lakeith's character, became a power caller and he went and met with Amari Hardrick and that terrible beard. And then that was it. Um, and I have no knowledge of what happened after that. So it was refreshing on second watch to, <laughs> to, to get through this movie. The movie goes um, from like zero to 10. Real quick. And I didn't know it was going to do that. That was a lot, you know. So on second watch, I see why it got so much buzz because it was wild. This movie was wild because um, you don't you think it makes just it's going to make, you know, a little poignant statement on capitalism and how it's ruining lives and how you work for something that's unattainable and blah, 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 blah. And then it just goes, you get an equestrian human. What was it called? You know, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I liked it <laughs> on second watch. I'm just my takeaway from it is that <laughs> is that I'm glad I finished it. That is my takeaway for On Second Watch. Right? So, There's no way when you fell asleep yeah. on this movie, you thought it would end that way. Never. Uh, <laughs> homie showed up at the end in a horse face and was ready to knock a man out. So I said, huh, okay. Let's, let's go. Which is also how I feel, you know, most days. So I get it. I relate. <laughs> But how did you feel on second watch? Did you finish it your first time watching? I definitely finished it the first time I watched it. I saw it on Hulu first. I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I was really intrigued. I, I was so, number one, dazzled by the movie. It's a, like the colors are all very saturated. Like it just, it's a engaging film to look at, you know? So yeah, it's a it's a stimulating movie to see and there's so much. Every dial that like the filmmaker could have turned, they turned them all yes. up. <laughs> the stories turned and all think, the way up. Right. I was gonna say we mentioned this before because this is Boots Riley. I think this is his first film. So it's very like it's clear that the director is new to the scene and wants to impress <laughs> his audience. <laughs> so yeah. But like yeah. it fits. It fits because the movie is 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 an all the way on ten type of movie. You know, mm -hmm. usual my critique on first time directors doing too much with the camera is because they be trying to yeah. like do like a normal drama. <laughs> I'm like, bro, why is the camera spinning? <laughs> why, why are we going in circles? <laughs> yeah, why are you zoom in on that? You don't have to. This supposed to be tense. This is not tense. <laughs> <laughs> why is the camera under the table? Why would you? <laughs> You didn't have to do this shot. We want to see how the actor looks from the chin up. That's different. We want to see that. 
So like usually, this is the one time where my critique is like, you know, I can't really say it because it the whole movie is absurd, <laughs> you know. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, wild camera tricks make sense. Um, the movie is still enjoyable for me to watch. Um, the second mm-hmm. time through, the thing is, here's what here's why I said in the get on the bus thing about men's art. <laughs> yeah. Think about men's art. Men love absurdism. <laughs> they live in it. Like, that's the best way they know how to, like, make a point is for something to be wild over the top. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always like, like, you know, when you when you argue with a man, it's always because no, what, what I could have said was insert <laughs> wild phrase. But mm-hmm. I didn't say that. Okay. I don't well. know about arguing with men because I don't have I don't associate with men. Oh, well. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> unless you unless you're a cute boy and you like gay girls, just let me know. <laughs> Hit us up at New Chitlin Circuit at <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, make the inc- make the subject line say in brackets, I like gay girls, and then whatever else your subject want to be. Um, wow. anyway. <laughs> I will respond. Um, not not immediately. But you um, will get back to the message eventually. At my soonest convenience. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the the thing about that is like, it, yeah, so the movie is just like this maximalist look at capitalism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? And there's some things the second time through that I thought I would understand more. But in actuality, no, it just was in there. <laughs> like, give us, give us an earrings. example. Yes. <laughs> They're just in well, there. <laughs> they don't really... Yeah, I, uh. I mean, it doesn't add to the story, but I think it just shows that, like, her art is wild, like how she is wild. Like, that damn exhibit with the sheep's blood. That was mm-hmm. wild. Just like the That's earrings. my next point. <laughs> For her to be the only woman character in the movie, like, mm-hmm. she, too, is, like, absurd as a person. But the thing, it, the, what was weird about it is, clearly that performance... Uh, art she did where people threw sheep's blood on her (laughs) is ridiculous and it feels like Boots Riley was making fun of performance art but like this movie is ridiculous (laughs) like (laughs) he's making fun of the very art form not the medium but like absurdism (laughs) yes that he is it it was ironic (laughs) right he's creating yeah he probably thought it was um, you know thought it was deeper than it was maybe that's mm-hmm. I, I think most i'm gonna say i think most men think they're deeper than they really are yeah but, definitely you know. <laughs> I, so one thing that it got better for me on the second watch was initially i and everyone else thought it was just like an allegory for capitalism and like workers rights but was it not oh cue me it, in, i think you it know, is my I first think it's watch supposed through. to be oh, okay okay right that's what i, I think it's supposed to be but like it doesn't really the the movie kind of comes apart once you mm-hmm. find out about the horse people. The yes. story gets loose. It doesn't nail it. Like it didn't <laughs> nail it to the board. You know, right? Um, and loosely, like it just gives you the idea. Okay, with capitalism, we'll all become worker horses and mm-hmm. like you know work stallions. And but it doesn't do much after that. Yeah, it doesn't really like bring it in bring it around and make me feel Mm -hmm. like ooh, you know it kind of turns into a spectacle you know (laughs) but what it does do better honestly i think it it functioned better as a critique of media as a critique of mainstream media 
the way that the movie, like the new, like the, when he flips through the channels, all there is is news, <laughs> yep. which is clearly not showing the what's true because you see what's true on the ground at the protest. And then you Literally. see what the news is saying. And then, you know, I just got my ass whooped reality show, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> which is a clear like, you know, satire, like parody yeah. of, of bad, rea- like wipeout, <laughs> you know, reality shows. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's um what was the. The other thing that was on there, shit, I forgot. Oh, yeah. oh like a worry-free commercial, you know? Ah, yes, yes, yes. So you either get like fed propaganda, get dumb shit on the TV, <laughs> or you get exploited. That's the yes. media, <laughs> you know? And the fact that, like, Cassius had to jump in a pool of shit in order to have any Crazy. message be given, which also, uh, men and their absurdism. Crazy. Like, <laughs> But yeah, the hyperbolic like violence and just grotesqueness, just nastiness mm-hmm. yes. that the media loves, that people love to watch. I think it was a good critique of that. I like that. That's a good point of view because I just, I literally just took it away. What I've been trying to, you know, you know, when you call your parents, you just be like, I'm trying to tell y'all capitalism ain't it. And mm-hmm. this proved my point that capitalism ain't it. That's what right. I took away from it. Um, but no, that's a good point just of how I did examine media and how we as consumers view media and are persuaded by it too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, here's a good thing though. As every movie we've watched since George Floyd, Mm -hmm. I, my, I hold my breath when I see a police officer on the screen. Same, same. Cause I, I just, you know, it don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see nothing go left. I don't want to see know? that. I just don't want to see it no more. I don't want to see that. I can't take it. I, like, I, I'm, this last Insecure episode, the finale, when they were mm-hmm. stopped uh, by the cops after the whole, like, bus, I said, I can't. This, this Mm-mm, is not it. I don't, I don't like it. Why is this man reaching for a gun? I mm-hmm. don't want to, this is not what I came here for. I don't want to see this in TV. No yeah. more. And that's my yeah. first feeling every time I see the cop on a screen. And then the second feeling right after that, after like mm-hmm. I realize that the scene isn't going violent, yeah. I, the second feeling is like I get mad because I'm like, do not show me no fucking benevolent cop on TV. Right. I don't want to see that because it's not true. I don't care. But here's the thing. I think this was the, my favorite. Like now that I have this lens that I can't even stomach to look at police on screens right now. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite time looking at police I've, I've I've watched since George Floyd. Here's why. It's honest. Because oh, they got their ass beat by them horsemen? <laughs> Stop it. Oh. Yeah, but also. <laughs> but it's because it's honest. The police show up to protect property. They don't yes. care. That That is what they're for. <laughs> they're not here for you. They weren't designed for that. That's not their job. They show right. up to protect property and somebody else's profits. You know, mm-hmm. and I thought it was just an honest look at that. There was no benevolent cop trying to like fucking Pepsi can this shit. <laughs> take a damn knee with the protesters. Doesn't yeah. anybody want to see that? Yeah, no. They show up to do their job, which is protect property and private interests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I like that. I, I like that. But ultimately, you know, while the movie was enjoyable enough to watch a second time, and, mm-hmm. you know, dazzling to look at. Everybody looks nice, you know. I love the costumes. Cash just keeps wearing these, like, 70s suits with these wide lapels. Look, I'm going to say it. Look, Keith. <laughs> look, Keith. I know you got, like, you got a kid and I think you married. But, you know, mm-hmm. if it don't work out, I am available. 
I'm currently very single. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I think you look good, boy. So, you know, hit us up at newchillingcircuit at gmail.com. And, you know, maybe I'll answer that What time. should the subject line be so that I don't answer it? Yeah, put it in brackets. I'm checking for Sydney. Hmm. The girl from the coffee house. Oh. <laughs> That's what I want in the subject line. And I wish you should have never made that song. <laughs> well, she should have never shot the video. The song was I fine. <laughs> I was going to bring up, um, like, if if I ever uh, worked in a call center or if I was cast in this movie, I would use that as my opportunity to parody that song in that moment. Um, <laughs> you know, because... And Alicia Keys is right, because, you know, I know a lot of girls don't be doing this for real, but uh, <laughs> I think you kind of sweet. That, that'll get the boys together. That gets the boys to Trust me. Ladies, if you're trying to catch the boys, tell them that. Undeniable. Mm. It's like and a bee is, with honey. Oh, this is now a dating advice podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll give my advice to the gays. Look, y'all don't have to get married. Who, if you, if you, <laughs> if you listen to this and you felt that that was for you, it's for you. Y'all don't have to get married. Take it slow. You just met Take her. it slow. <laughs> and that includes this segment of how to date with the new Chitlin circuit. Look, give. Sorry to bother you. Another watch, you know. If you liked it the first time, let us know if you still like it. If you didn't like it, let us know if it made a little bit more sense to you the second time around, you know. Yeah. And if you're like me and fell asleep, be honest. It's okay. <laughs> we can't all stay up during these movies, but it's worth it if you watch it all the way through. Trust me. Mm-hmm. All right, so you'll tell them how to find us. Yeah, man. Keep uh, interacting with us, y'all, on Twitter at TNCCPod. And you can check us out on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit. And that's spelled, as always, C-H-I-T-L-I-N. And wherever you're listening, like, subscribe, leave a comment. I'm going to shout out my sis Perry. She left a comment on iTunes. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you. So for yeah. the rest of y'all who was not meeting the quota, you need to start putting in your work because we we doing this for y'all. Okay. Look, look, I would really love for y'all to write a review as well. Here's the thing. Sydney put her serious voice on. Uh-huh. Y'all don't want to see it get ugly. Y'all don't want that. Y'all don't want that. <laughs> I find right. words, not fists. Twitter fingers, baby. <laughs> So go ahead and five stars, write a review, say you like us. Um, clearly you do. You have made it this yeah. far. All right. And uh, do whatever keeps you safe and happy right now. And happy. Stay in the house if you got to. Mm-hmm. If you want, you know, if you're out there fighting for our rights, I appreciate you. I see you. I acknowledge mm-hmm. you. But stay safe while you're doing it. Yeah. That's all I can You know ask. what I think, Sid? What I'm going to have to go back because initially I, we went from wash your hands to stay safe, to stay at home. We did stay at uh-huh. home for like two weeks. I'm going to have yeah. to just go back to, to trust it. Wash your hands. Because y'all going to go outside anyway. Wash yeah. your hands. 20 Please. seconds. Wash them. Wash them up. And wear a mask. That's, that's, do those two things. And, and wear let's, a mask. Let's, let's keep each other safe like that. I would appreciate yeah. it. All right.